This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Three Things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Hello, my friends. This is the Three Things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I appreciate you joining me for the show. That is about me and the three things on my silly mind. It's a silly mind. Sometimes they're maybe insights, sometimes they're feelings, passions, and sometimes they're really silly, 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 pointless things. And sometimes I just don't know. Sometimes even if I make a list, I call an audible. Omaha, Omaha, on the fly. I, I sincerely want to thank everyone who has been listening to the show the last couple of weeks, which included some different kinds of broadcasts. It's hard uh, not to have some different kind of broadcast and putting quotes around it with everything going on in the world. Um, I, w- I want to thank you for letting me uh, express my thoughts, use this platform as the best I can, and just acknowledge even that even now, even today, even at this moment, there's the world's a tough spot and some still some pain going on, some tough work going on, and you might be out there just ignited by things that have happened recently. You might have always been ignited about the state of the world and things going on, and you're out there trying to find a way to make a difference, trying to find a way to make things better. And I salute you, and I'm there too. I'm plugged in. I uh, believe uh, there's different lanes to fight in. I've spent a lot of time communicating with those I know and love and respect and have worked with in law enforcement. I've had some really good, tough conversations, some hopeful conversations. Uh, it's a different kind of conversations. Um, that's kind of where my heart's been overall, but I've made uh, donations are a great way to help. Uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, NAACP Legal Defense Fund, who actually I thought suggested some good um, reforms for law enforcement stuff. Uh, there's, that's a big conversation to have, but that stuff's out there. I've also donated directly to the George Floyd uh, Floyd uh, Memorial Fund, excuse me, and that link is still up in my podcast description. Uh, if you want to check that out, and, and I'm acknowledging that because that's that's only one area of, of concern and battle, and, and a lot of it goes on. And then we still got this lockdown. I don't want to be depressing here, but we got the lockdown that is ending, but not ending. Did it ever end? Um, is the second wave coming? Third wave? What are we going to do? Disneyland's going to be open. Orange County's cases are on the rise. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, that is uh, kind of where we're at. Um, but here's what I want to do. I want to kind of uh, 
talk about some of that stuff. Talk, I talked last week around the campfire about going forward and how you can go forward and, and you need to go forward. And that's part of the process. And there might be some fears and trepidations about, quote, returning to normal, forgetting about the bigger issues. Uh, I don't have I don't have those answers, but I also want to just kind of rip the Band-Aid off of just um, getting back to the content I create, the content I do here. Thank you all for listening again to Saturday Night Knapsack, a comedy show I put far too much effort in for too little result on the weekends. But it's also a lesson that I have to remind myself of. It's not about numbers. It's not about um, listeners and, and all that. It's, it's about the content and the quality of work and work that I'm, I'm proud of. I love it when the band kind of stops. I control the band, but I like I like playing it out. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for everyone who continues to support me at uh, patreon.com slash catnapsock. Especially my high-tier patrons, my executive producers, Thomas Risling, Paul, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Lethal Logan X, Bedore, Matt Thompson, uh, Taymor, Nathan Ovendale, Zach Anderson, Ty Schellenberger, Chad Benefield, Tommy Terry Green, Jonas Berggren, Andrew Siner, Old Handsaw, Zach Taylor, Tyler Birch, and Ranger Donald. Donald Long. Uh, is uh, returned to the uh, TNF boardroom, as we call it around, around here. Uh, he's, he's a great cat. He actually gifted Grace and I recently some, uh, I forget what they're called, like, it's like magic, I don't know, magic pixie dust. You drop it in, you, if you have a fire going, you, you drop a bag in, you don't even open it, you just drop the bag in, and then the fire burns the bag, and the next thing you know, your fire's like seven colors. And I know a lot of you are like, yeah, that's kind of old, Ken. We used to do that at campfires. Grace and I had never heard of that. <laughs> and like we we put this Donald sent us this gift. Thank you, Donald. And we put we put like we we dropped a bag in. Like what is this? What is this wizardry? And then it, the flames happened, and we were just like ah. Uh, no, we've pretty much emptied the whole box now. I need to get some more. Uh, it's um. Anyways, if if you want to reach out to me, contact me directly. Uh, send uh, anything over. You can go to kenapsock.com to find out more information. So the reason I, I just want to rip the bandaid off is, is I just want to be clear. So. It's not a case of uh, looking around and going, are, are we back? Uh, can we just can we do silly jokes again? Uh, can we just do shows about, you know, uh, my favorite pieces of candy? It's it, it, And ignoring anything else that's going on. Uh, it's not that. I, I, I'm plugged in every day. I read the news every day. I'm troubled by the news every day. Um, but I also, this is my job, and um, I have some shows I want to do, and I believe... Uh, I believe that's that's part of the process, part of life, is being able to realize that in, in your town every day, you always say this because this is a lesson I learned from from running uh, public safety at, at, at a large-scale L.A. Mall. It's amazing what you out there, and I'm pointing some fingers out there, what you out there don't believe happens when you shop, uh, shop at a mall, you're sitting in a food court, or you're at the Gap, it's amazing to me the, uh, quite frankly, naive uh, headspace you're in when you're walking around thinking that my job as a public safety director is silly or he's, he's a butt of jokes. You just don't know. You just don't know. And such it is in your city. Such it is uh, around the corner. And such it is uh, suffering is in the house next to you. Suffering is in the alley behind your favorite gas station or 7-Eleven. And I have those. Uh, it's constant. And so that's why when I, you know, following you know, protests and, and, and the Black Lives Matter um, movement taking its rightful place at, at the head of the uh, uh, um, discussions around the world right now and uh, uh, 
the, the lockout, lockdown situation, and, and the COVID situation, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's constant. It's constant. That is a phone ringing. That I got to get the. That's a, that's another episode we'll do. Ken figures out how to finally shut FaceTime off of his uh, recording machine. Um, and I'm trying to I'm trying to make a serious point here. Everything is going on all the time. And part of I think just uh part of a uh, part of just uh, hit uh, part part of um what we're all experiencing in is something like stuff oh I was talking around last week around the fire and when Owen Mugen and I were talking uh, a couple weeks before on, on on this is life around the fire you know him him going through 911 four blocks away and he lived with it every day. And then one day he realized he didn't think about it. And that can, that can mess with your head. And, and some of you out there, you know, how do you move forward? That's what I kind of rambled about last week. And you don't know what's going on around your corner. So you're focused on something you see on, on Twitter, something you see go viral, and something you see that's in the center of the world. But don't forget what's going around the corner. We are always choosing to, quote, unquote, return to normal or quote-unquote put out a silly podcast about how I don't like certain peanut butters. I have a list. That's always um, going on. And it's part of the human existence to, to balance, and to be plugged in. And maybe that's part of the lesson that these last few weeks and these last few months, I've, I've, I have been talking for a while now. I'm not, I'm not a sage here. I'm not Yoda the space frog. I'm a dummy. Living in Burbank. That's one of the smart things I've done. Um, there is, um, yeah, with the lockdown, you can be bored. You can want to get back out. Uh, you can also be very concerned. And I have lost, have friend, I, I have, uh, have f- close friends who've lost people very close to them because of this. You can be all of it. It's part of the existence. And don't feel overwhelmed by uh, all of it. Don't feel bad about one day being really bored about being in the lockdown. I felt that today. I, I, I haven't been, I've been really busy during this lockdown. Fortunately, knock on wood, uh, that some of this uh, work continues. But I, I kind of did a second errand trip today because I just wanted to drive on the streets and get back to normal and maybe not wear a mask one day. You know, it's all okay. And with, um, all the uh, protesting and, and police reform and and social issues going on right now. It's also Pride Month. That's important. That's very. It's that's that's very important uh, to uh, our human existence. Uh, it shouldn't be overlooked. Um, you're gonna have to get back to normal and carry it all on with you. And you're going to hear me do a stupid podcast about my least favorite peanut butters. And that doesn't erase anything. It doesn't erase anything. Um, it doesn't erase what's going on. Uh, it doesn't erase uh, that you need to be plugged in. And it doesn't erase, you know, finding the areas that you can help, finding the areas uh, that are important to you, and making sure that you're comfortable with them. Also making sure you can push yourself outside comfort zones. It's all that, all that stuff, man. All that stuff. Um. The first thing on my mind, though, is because I don't—I don't mean to make that sound really aggressive, 
this story of, uh, you know, my mall experience and getting grumpy. Yeah, you're shopping at the Gap. You don't realize some of the um, scary things happening, dangerous things happening, criminal things happen, um, you know. And it's going on in your city all the time, all the time. It, it just drives home to me that you can't worry. You can't, it's not that you can't worry. You can't find out about everything that needs your attention. You find the ones that are in your radar, on your radar screen. You find the ones that you want to have on your radar screen. You find the ones where you feel you're passionate about making a difference and you go for it. Mine is always matters of the heart. Um, mine are people in need, uh, um, physical needs, emotional needs. I'm a counselor type. And I'm going to, I'm telling you right now, I'm doubling down on that. And I'm done fighting it. I'm done fighting it. Because the first thing on my mind is I, I want to build a core of kindness. And I want to build a core of kindness in you listening and to the people with you. And I talked a lot about empathy and compassion. I've talked about it by choice in somewhat specific, uh, non-specific terms because it's interesting how people react to those uh, when you think you can claim it for one kind of uh, point of view. Uh, empathy and compassion is a 360-degree thing. And I am, I am a grumpy guy sometimes, man. It's not just the character. I can get a little grumpy. Um, but I always say, shoot for the center of your heart being about people. A core of kindness. How do you treat the, 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 the least of us, you know? I think that's in the Bible somewhere. Look it up. Um, And that can be the start of making differences and being, um, yeah, um, being plugged in to the world as a whole. There's a lot of people out there who need your help, and you don't know. It's the point of my little grumpy story. You don't, you don't know. In your interactions with someone, look, I, you know, I might be in a grocery store line. I might get a little grumpy at someone. And there's that, that was a David, what's his name? David Foster Wallace. Is that a name? That's a name. That speech went viral. Someone made a video of it, of, of you don't know, right? This person at the grocery store is a single mother. That, yeah, all that stuff's true, man. That's why it went viral. And I choose these situations going on right now in the world, uh, whether it be the lockdown, whether it be... Uh, the uh, social justice, uh, Black Lives Matter situation, police reform, all those kind of things, all these things that have become talking points, right? Uh, and, and other times it was, uh, you know, political things, uh, things in the world, uh, um, immigration situations, policies, um, horrendous situations uh, you were reading about, all of it. It's all constant. It's all there. I truly believe, not in some hippy-dippy way, that you uh, you can control the sphere around you as best you can. You can send money. You can write your congressman. You can write your representatives. You can vote. Please vote. You can do all those kind of things on a bigger, global, national level. But what are you doing every day? How do you treat that person selling you the coffee? That's right. I, that, I'll, I am, and probably because I was in an industry for 17 years that my mere presence was a joke to many people and not the people you'd think, not the 14-year-old skaters, you know, 
I get it. You'd be amazed at the people who took time out of their day to make fun of me and my possession profession to my face back in the old days. It's stunning. It's stunning. And I think the human condition is the problem right now at, at, at the core of everything. Empathy and compassion and how you treat your fellow human beings. And I, to, to, by, by the way, it doesn't mean you have to be friends with everyone. It doesn't mean everyone in your circle has to be invited to your Halloween party. That's, that's different. That's relationships, friendships. Just can you make the choice to be better every day? Can you make the choice to make every interaction with someone come from a place of kindness and how that works? Mark Marin had a great stand-up story bit. He's one of the best. And I remember seeing him perform it live years ago at a place called the M-Bar. It's no longer in existence. It's some other lounge now in Hollywood. And I was there doing a show, and he was there. This is back in the days, like 03, 04 range. He had a great story just how, you know, and I'm not even going to attempt to tell it, but just, you know, how your day, if you treat somebody um, bad, then they get pissed off and they'll treat the next person and that. And next, you know, it's a road rage incident. Then it's a problem. Then it's a, then it's at home. Then it's violence. Then it's that. And it all spins out of control. And the punchline was it all spins out of control to the Middle East. Right. Uh, which uh, generally that's not to generalize it, but you know, uh, especially back in 03, 04, you know, the center of a lot of strife um, in the world and, and, and conflict and friction. So I think that's true. I think it's true the other way around. I think it's true um, with how you make someone's day, a door open, uh, holding the door open, saying thank you, making small talk with a teller who's working for no money to as a second job to put some food on the table or to pay off some debt so they can have some freedom and, you know, and that, you know, there's maybe more beyond that discussion, um, uh, you know, and debt and student loans and all those kind of things. Yep. And all those hashtags you want to fight for. God bless you. But it's all nothing to me. It all means nothing to me. Your actions mean nothing to me. If you don't treat the person in front of you on a daily basis with kindness. I, uh, I, I fail a lot at it, but that's the thing I want to move forward on a small level. I, I, I may, I, I'm sure I've told this story before, which is one of my catchphrases here. <laughs> I can't remember even what I said at the beginning of these episodes sometimes. In the days after 9-11, I had to head home. I had to head home from L.A. up to my hometown. Uh, uh, I had a big job interview, uh, which was the weirdest time job interview on like a Thursday or Friday. 9-11 happened on a Tuesday morning, uh, that I remember. And by Friday afternoon, I was heading home. I had to go home to my parents' house or something. It was a pre-scheduled trip or something like that. I can't remember, but I was driving on the freeway north on the 101. And every 
overpass was sign after sign after sign. God bless America, or we'll get through this, da, 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 whatever it was. And yeah, you know, that, that there's some big-time chest-pumping patriotism that rubs people wrong way, and then there's issues out of that, and that, that turned into, again, we talk about Middle East and everyone focusing anger and rage over there that was maybe not justified to people. You know, I, I, that, those are the things I mean. Like, put those on a shelf, goddammit, and, and, and go back to that, image of driving up the 101 that I experienced and I'm bawling my eyes out because all I'm feeling, I'm not seeing country, yay, America. I'm not saying we're attacked. Let's go get them. I was just seeing the love and kindness of people. Every ramp, every overpass on that freeway. It's a two and a half hour drive. Everyone had it. And I remember the first, by the time I started seeing it, like, oh, there you go. Oh, that's some more signs. Oh, that's some more signs. By the time I got to like Thousand Oaks, which was like a, you know, we're talking like a 30-minute drive from where I was living at the time, I started, I couldn't take it anymore. Not because I was sad. I was still sad. I was still processing. 9-11 was five days prior, and I'm out here in L.A. I can't imagine if New York, D.C., related to being. I knew some people who had some people on the planes or in the buildings. We all probably do, right? There's a lot. A lot of connections there. But I just remember bawling, not not because of, man, this is so sad. I was bawling because I was moved by the connection, moved by the kindness, moved by the expressions of love, care, care and concern, empathy, compassion. And you want to then do it on a big scale. And that's what's going on right now. You're out there going, I, I you, you were marching for three straight nights. And you're engaged in that. Now you don't know what to do with that energy. You, you've been cooped up for months trying to keep yourself healthy, but you've learned a lot about yourself. And what do you do with that energy? That is going to fade. The feeling I felt driving up that freeway faded in a week, two weeks, a month. And then I think it becomes too easy to let it go, to, to, to put it in your back in the back of your mind when you're like thinking on the big scale. Um, I, I'm so sad about this tragedy in New York, the 9 11. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start an organization to uh, feed everyone in my name. That's what I, when I get back to town, I'm going to. Maybe you will. Most likely you're not. The change has to come from your core. The change has to come on a day-to-day, small basis. And that's where I want to build on in my own life. How can I do better? And I, again, I fail at home. I fail at home. I'm, uh, I'm a curmudgeon. I'm a grumpy guy. All right? I'm, uh, I'm what's, uh, what's David Harbour's character from uh, 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 Stranger Things? That's me. I mean, seriously, like, you want to know what it's like living with me? <laughs> that's me. So I got to work on that, but... That's big, too. That's bigger. And I think it's important. I really think it's important. Because I'm thinking on the small scale. I think it's important to make sure. That when you want to give that clerk. Kindness. And you don't get it back, 
that you're not pushed off that little hill. Um, there's a story I go to, I have to go to a lot, and there's, uh, there's a woman that challenges me every time. Because uh, I show up, it's a package place, like a UPS, but not like an official UPS store. It's like they slap the UPS decal on the window, and they're an official UPS affiliate, whatever it is. So I have to go there sometimes. And it's not like always super crowded, but the lockdown's going on. We're all in masks. And because now, you know, Amazon, UPS have this deal. Like if you don't like, you know, the item you got from the Amazon, all you, all you got to do is uh, you don't even have to pack it up. You don't even have to put it in a box. You can just go back to the store, uh, scan a QR code on your phone, and they have to pack it up for you and label it and ship it out. And then you get your $22 back because you bought a, you know, a, a sundress you didn't like. And I bought many sundresses I don't like. So every time I go in there, there's a uh, middle-aged female working there. Uh, and she she absolutely uh, is horrendous <laughs> to work with as a customer-client uh, relationship, right? Customer service is horrible. She's not, like, so overtly mean. Um, she doesn't insult people, but it's just she's brisk, she's short, she is frustrated, and she snaps. And, and, and every time I try to go in there with a how's-your-day attitude, and I get, just give me your quote code. And step back, sir. I, one time I, you know, again, lock, I have my mask on. I even had gloves on in this, this particular part of the time. And, uh, you know, I, 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 what I did, I, I leaned forward with my, and she, get back, sir. Get back. Whoa, 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 whoa. I had every opportunity. I had every opportunity to return that uh, <laughs> curmudgeonness back tenfold. And I'm not ever. I've never been the, um, let me see your manager type or customer's always right type. Uh, quite frankly, most of the time they're not. But um, never been like that. I had ever, again, I, I, I could have... Came back shooting flames of uh, flaming arrows of of anger back at her, but I, I I I dig in harder now. I dig in harder and try to be just as nice because I don't think it's fair that she uh, treats me like that or other customers. And it's not just me. I'll, I'll be in line, and that's what it is. And and, and the, her coworker there, and they might even be married. I don't know the situation, but there it's always these two, and and they kind of nip at each other. But I got to imagine she's overwhelmed. She's got to pack up and ship off every $22 sundress that people return. She's got to also deal with AT&T and phones and uh, Spectrum Internet because that's also a licensed provider. And you bring in your box and your remote control. She can't answer the questions about your Spectrum account, your Internet account, but you have them. And... I always notice she's a little disheveled. Hair isn't the, you know, she doesn't go to the finest salons in the world. Makeup's not super present, right? And I make these judgments, and that's what I'm doing. I'm making these judgments on her. When I got to be seeing her for what she is, probably doesn't have time to uh, apply perfect makeup in the morning. She probably doesn't have the money to go get a fancy haircut. And guess what? When she gets to work, it's 10 plus hours probably. Boxes upon boxes and questions she can't answer. An attitude from people 
that she doesn't deserve, that's not fair to her, and it spirals and spirals and spirals. So how, how can I respond with anything but kindness? It's a challenge for me every time. And that's where I want to go. There's a lot of hate in this world. There's a lot of rage. And I don't care if it's righteous rage or not. It's still rage that dances with hate. There's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. But it's not just what you're seeing on Twitter. It's not just the video that went viral. It's around the corner. It's a city over. It's right next to you. And there's big things to do. There's donations to be made. There's protests to have. But it's all nothing. If we don't treat the person next to you or the person in front of you or even yourself with a little bit of kindness. And that's the first thing on my mind. The second thing on my mind is similar, but I'm going to clear the palate a little bit. I've decided then I'm going to be a lot nicer to spiders. Now, I don't have a super phobia with spiders. I know people that do. My old roommate did. It came out in very violent, aggressive actions towards the spiders. He was not kind to the spiders. Uh, my girlfriend does too. And it goes beyond, ooh, spider. It goes to a, uh, like she loves Lord of the Rings, but has trouble watching she loves stuff, right? You know, like it's it's a, it's an arachnophobia thing. And I'm not super fan of spiders, too. And I don't like the black widows, right? The, especially if you have little tiny dogs around. That could be dangerous. But we, we are fortunate enough to be in this house that has a really cool backyard. And that backyard, as we discovered when we moved in last year, right around the time uh, we made the smart decision to move in the day after Comic-Con last year, um, we were not kind to ourselves then, um, we discovered pretty quickly our backyard and even our house, which was built originally in 1920, not the 20s, but 1920, and then restructured and moved to Burbank in 1944, if you can believe that. Um, <laughs> this house is like a spider zoo. All kinds are represented here. And I guess our previ the previous tenants might have been, I don't know, I don't want to say it, uh, might have been hoarder types. I don't know. We heard some things, heard some things from the, 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 the landlord, heard some things from the gardeners, even a neighbor recently who we met. was like, oh, you live in that place. Uh, yeah, and told us some stuff. So when we moved in, it was like one of those documentaries of uh, what happens to the earth if humans move out. After like three days, the giraffes take over, right? Uh, Times Square becomes a mud bog. It's, it's, that was our house when we moved in last year. So we had to fight back. We had to win the land a little bit, and, and uh, now it's a, it's a little different. But we are in the season. Mosquitoes are out. Bug bites are great, right? Who doesn't love a good itch? And the spiders have returned. You, I remember about a month ago they started. You did like, It was like, oh, here we go. It's old grace. It's spider season. Now, again, she has a real phobia. I'm not here to mock it, not here to, I, I sometimes, you know, it, it's, uh, I'm, have a lot, I'm on a lot of spider duty. I have always been the, there is one time when I was a kid, my mom can attest to the story. I was going to be, I don't know, I was 12 years old, 13 years old, I can't remember. Um, I was supposed to take, a, you know, it was like I'm going to take a shower, right, after school or whatever it was. 
And um, I, I was about to start to shower and I noticed there was an ant. A ant. Not a colony of ants. Not a line of ants. One single solitary ant. And I grabbed a little Dixie cup and I chased that ant around my shower before I turned the water on for a few minutes. And came out. I still had sweatpants on or whatever. I'm not walking around, uh, you know, like He-Man or something in my uh, underpants shorts. Uh, I went out uh, went, and went outside and my mom saw me dumping an ant out of a Dixie cup. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to kill the ant. So I've always been kind of like that. But this time around, I've decided I'm going to be nicer to the spiders. And I don't just mean not killing them or chasing them around and putting them in Tupperware and taking them outside. I did do that with a rather large daddy long legs the other day. I, and I do that for their safety, right? Or at least, you know, this is not your environment. Uh, let's take you to something that I feel might be more. Now, I go into my storage shed. Uh, you know, I it overnight. That's why I really knew spider season was back up. I went back into my storage shed, and it had turned into Shelob's lair. I have a nice little uh, cobweb remover I bought from the hardware store, and I'm clearing the space. But I have decided, in, in keeping with my core of kindness mentality that I'm trying to instill in a lot of areas of my life, I am not going to approach the spiders with any kind of super negative energy. It's not going to be antagonistical. In fact, case in point, in my studio right now, if you ever watch me on a live stream, you see I have, uh, now it's like a, it's a black soundproof or uh, advertised uh, soundproof curtain. Um, before I used to have that ugly kind of lime green curtain. Behind there's a window. Hey, a window. And... Um, in the corner of that window, I went to put some soundproof, like a soundproof kind of uh, doorstop jam thing, but I was putting it in the window because we discovered, again, the house is old. We there we have wall mount AC units, and uh, there's just there was just open space in the, in the windows because that's what we are hearing things. There was a, you know, temperature control is really hard here. So I went to do that, and I discovered in the corner of the window, there was a spider just hanging out there. And I went, ah, again, I don't love spiders. I went to go remove it. And uh, I just said, no, you know what? It's not doing me any harm. It's not going to get me. It's not a black widow. Just a common little house spider. It's got a little corner in my window behind my curtain that is mostly shut for recording purposes. And even when I open it, it doesn't freak out. It's a couple times I've done a little uh, blow of air and it's gone into its little corner. Its nest is getting a little bigger. It's not getting bigger. So I decided I'm going to name it Mert and I'm going to, I'm going to let it be. I'm going to let that spider be. I'm going to try to be a little one with nature here. Yep. I don't want to walk out my back porch and run face first into spiders. I have to clear the front porch a little bit. There's some realities to it. All right. We got to claim our territory a little bit from the spiders. But this morning I went outside let the dogs go potty as you do. And I'm sipping my morning coffee and there's a spider right in front of me. I, um, I didn't swipe at it. I didn't take the cobweb remover and poke it out. Um, it was eating, which was a 
interesting mutual of Omaha nature documentary in front of my face. Um, I just let it be and I actually moved its web a bit. We have a friend, some of you might know her, Torlin uh, is uh, Joe Starr's wife, Torlin Torgerson, and uh, she loves spiders. She was t- she tells us stories about, oh, no, here's the type you can, yeah, you can pick this one up. You can move this one's web. It won't care. Just move it and connect it to another spot. It'll be all right. So I did that this morning. Eventually, the spider just went back up to its little thing. I did m- remove its web there. It will probably build in the same spot again. But it just felt oddly good. And again, I'm going to say this again. I'm not a huge fan of spiders. I don't want one on my pillow. I don't want one in my sheets. I don't like the black widows, especially, again, with little chihuahuas running around on the outside. I'll do what I have to do to protect the dogs in the house and the lady. But this morning, with the spider on my back porch and the spider here in my studio, me letting them be, I just kind of felt good. I felt a little bit more peace at one with it all. It's tough to say. You probably think I'm crazy, and I don't think you're wrong. But all I know is I'm going to keep being a little nicer to spiders. We'll see how that goes. Stick around after this. The number one thing on my mind this week. It's the three things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Hey, y'all, what's going on? This is Kojak. I create music that can be found both on YouTube and SoundCloud, and now I'm a recent streamer on Twitch. So if you're looking for some chill instrumentals, check me out on YouTube and SoundCloud under KOJQ. And for some laughs, you can check my Twitch page under KO underscore JQ. Everyone, please be safe and thank you. Well, hello there. This is Lauren Romo, one of the co-hosts of the Gale Like the Podcast. We are two gals that just talk anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. Come join us for the Star Wars discussions. Stay for that silliness. You can find us on Apple Pod, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at The Galactic Pod. And as always, may that force be with you. Hey everyone, my name's Tommy Terry Green, and I wanted to let you know about a podcast I produce called On The Ward. Each episode in this six-part miniseries goes behind the scenes of a secure forensic psychiatric hospital, featuring interviews with the staff that work there every day, and most importantly, with the patients who are currently under section, which means they are legally detained for the safety of themselves and others. You can find all six episodes of Season 1 on Apple Podcasts and Spotify right now. Just search on The Ward. Thank you. Knapsack Files podcast feed. I'm Ken Knapsack. Thanks uh, for sticking around during the break. And yeah, something we've been doing here on the Knapsack Files is highlighting uh, other shows. And these aren't shows that I'm necessarily directly affiliated with. They're friends. Some of them are Patreon supporters. 
And I just want to use the small uh, amount of uh, listenership I have to direct people to other shows that they might like, to other content creators that they might like. And it's something, uh, something I'm going to be doing going forward. We're going to rotate the ads in and out. And, uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. All right. The point of three things is to rank the three things on my mind. Sometimes it's really random. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes it's just about peanut butter. Though I haven't actually, I keep saying that. I haven't done that episode. Crunchies. Kind of back up on my list as I like it. I, I did not grow up liking crunchies. Yeah. Anyways, um... One thing on my mind is social media. Uh-oh, here we go. So I've, I've actually enjoyed social media. It's part of the reason I even have a career. Um, digital media. But digital media kind of goes nowhere without social media. It doesn't take off. It doesn't become what it is without spreading the word. So I've always been, what I would say, relatively positive about it. I, I also think... If you're if you're not actively in it, but you you might get left behind, and especially in terms of uh, professionally, unless you're at a certain level. Uh, along the way in stand-up comedy, after MySpace started to explode, and then Facebook comes along, uh, there were there were comic friends of mine I knew uh, and would see every week, and then you know at some regular shows, and those shows kind of started to fade away as as as, as little rooms do around LA. And I remember, I remember one of them it was, it was a husband and wife. Uh, they just got married. Um, he was a musician. She was a comic. And, and we went to one of their houses. A friend of mine went to the house for Super Bowl. And um, they were like, yeah, so, hey, everybody, just make sure we have your emails and contact. We're going to be leaving Facebook and MySpace because my, that was, there, was, there was those two prominent things at the time. And uh, I was like, okay, great, cool. Yeah, yeah, here, here's my info. That was 2009 or 10 range. Uh, I, I haven't seen them since, and they're both still in town. Haven't heard from them, haven't seen them. Now, that might be what they wanted, but that wasn't the plan, you know? And these are people, uh, particularly her, this comic that I would see every week. Now, friendships change, connections change. That's not what I mean. It's like they don't exist. So I, I cite that as an example a lot of why, you know, so don't fight social media. Don't fight the change. I'll joke about TikTok. I don't want to be a TikTok star, and I hope you out there, you know, maybe want to do something else than, than be a TikTok star. But I get the value of it. Vine made me laugh. Talented people get on there and find a way to make you laugh in six seconds with video. It's great. TikTok, whatever. I, like, I don't want to be ever too stuck in ways. So I've always embraced social media. Um, and then as, as the industry grew, uh, it became tremendously important, not just for your own brand, a term I know a lot of people hate, and that's not my favorite term either, but it is a real thing. It's a, it's a term, like it or not. But getting the word out uh, is, is an, and, and connections are, are one thing. But then I, I've been in meetings uh, looking at potential hosts for shows at, 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 at networks, YouTube networks, and... It's like, all right, well, who has the bigger following? Like it or not, that's part of the game. I don't 100% like that. I don't because a lot, a lot of times the followings are inflated by something in appearance somewhere, everything, and it, and it doesn't equate to talent. It doesn't equate, even more importantly, to professionalism. 
Uh, you're going to see a whole new wave of TikTok stars who, uh, when they try to go beyond that, will not know how to go beyond that. Some will, to be clear. Some will, to be clear. Um, that's a different comment, different different thing to comment on. But I, I'm saying this because I, just in terms of connections, friendships, long-lost connections, now you might not be someone who wants to connect to long-lost uh, friends or family. That's fair. I have relationships with cousins that I wouldn't have relationships with uh, if it wasn't for social media. It's just the way life works sometimes. Um, I know social media has essentially destroyed the need for high school reunions. I still enjoy my high school reunions, as a lot of you know there, but uh, it's because we're connected. I have old friends going back to junior high that I'm still connected with, and we still talk often, and we still see each other's lives. I think it's important. I think it's good at its core. It's also a way to change things, a way to change the world. It could be a powerful tool. With everything going on in the world right now, I want that clear. I'm acknowledging that that is an important part of the world we live in now. We can get the word out. We can shine lights on places that need the light to be shined on it. Shown, shined, doesn't matter. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I am not one of those, <laughs> I don't do social media. No, I do. And it's important. It's kept me afloat. I got the ability. I was given the chance to write Why We Love Star Wars. Available on Amazon, wherever fine books are sold. I was given that chance, not because I was the host of Force Center with Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa or the host of Jedi Council. No, no. I had a great recommendation. And they took my pitch once we settled on Star Wars. The folks at Mango Publishing, and they went, oh, you have an audience that this book can reach, potentially. And more importantly, who do I know that can get the word out even on a bigger scale? List their names. And then, if you could, list their following numbers. List the amount of followers they have. it, And so I would do that. I had to do that, and I got the book. So I'm here to tell you, yeah, yeah, social media, better or worse, it matters. But going back a year or so now, and it's longer, it's longer. But for me personally, going back a year or so now, I have constantly asked myself, what am I getting out of this? Beyond the things I've told you, which still exist. What am I getting out of it? Because I'm getting anger. I'm getting rage. I am getting problems. Everyone has a message, unfortunately. <laughs> Fortunately. But it's a machine you plug into. And you can't unplug it. You can't get out of it. Uh, if you've been following me for a long enough time, you've noticed that probably in the last two years, my, my Twitter feed has just become, here's my podcast, an occasional dumb joke, a retweet, of an, a retweet of another show was on, and that's kind of it. I do not consider Twitter anything other for me. For me, for me, Ken Napsock, I do not consider it anything else than kind of a living, breathing billboard with an occasional joke. But even that started to change. When I got back into uh, doing stand-up comedy, there were more than one or two occasions, and I have some notes in my uh, iPhone where I'd be like, oh, this will be a fun tweet. And I've stopped that and said, what am I doing? 
that's not getting me anything. I'm, I'm giving these little things, funny or not, is to be determined later, but I'm giving these things to something that's not giving me anything back. A like? A comment? What is that? Let me take it to the stage. Now, I want to say this very clear. If you, you out there, I love uh, interacting with you. Uh, if you're a longtime listener of me, if you're in my Discord, you're on my Patreon page, I know your names, and I love the uh, tweets uh, back to me. I love some of the conversations that spring up, and I miss those right now. I miss those. It is a fine line. It is going to what I was saying earlier. It is part of the human existence. You can be bored by the lockdown and worried by the lockdown, and you can be those at the same time. I enjoy things about social media. I believe it's powerful. I'm, I miss interactions. I miss even three years ago, four years ago, where most of my social media posts were jokes. Jokes that would elicit weird reactions after a while, and that's when it started to change for me. I put a joke out there. You can like it, you can retweet it, you can interact with it. Don't try to top it, maybe join the conversation, but just let me, a professional comic and writer, do my joke. And then I started seeing that all taken as gospel, taken as reality, taken nothing, nothing, nothing drives me crazier than me tweeting out a joke and people responding with it seriously and not being trolls, not being trolls. But a, oh, yeah, okay, you're sunburned. What you want to do is you want to grab SBF 55. I know what the hell I should grab. That's not, that's a joke. It drives me crazy. But that started happening more and more and more. And I started getting more and more upset, but I couldn't put it down. At the end of last year, into this year, worked on a project with a good friend of mine. And he's had a antagonistical relationship with social media probably too involved with it and it would get him in trouble and causing some problems, not like on a professional level, but on like a personal level, he would offend people. He'd upset people that were friends, people we worked with. They couldn't get what he was, what he was doing on social media. And finally one day we were working on this project together and I said, yeah, okay, I'll find you. I'll tag you on Twitter. And he said, Oh yeah, you're not going to find me there. He quietly left. He didn't announce it. He didn't do what I'm doing. Talk about it on a podcast right now. He just went away. I said, when did this happen? He goes, oh, it's been like two months. Deactivated his account. He goes, look, I didn't delete the account. I just deactivated it right now. It's not there. I can't be tagged. I can't be found. And I, more importantly, I can't interact with it. I said, how's that going? He says, it's great. It's great. Now, I've heard that before, right? I, I, I haven't fully comprehended that. I've, I've, I've not, not negative looked at it at that with any kind of negativity, but just like, I just, eh, you know, it's no harm. What do you mean? I get up in the morning, I check my tweets. I tweet my podcast out. People got to hear about my podcast. Now, I want new listeners to the Knapsack Files. My numbers aren't great on the Knapsack Files. I've talked about this in Patreon and, and in my Tina boardroom. I've talked about it even in some shows. Uh, my numbers aren't great. I need new listeners. But I'm not getting them from tweeting out my podcast. I have close to 43,000 followers on Twitter. I never thought I'd reach it. I remember when I started Schmelz, I was like, man, I hope I get to 1,000. I got 43,000. And that number is not going to get me into some meetings. That number is nothing. And, by the way, I tweet out, hey, here's the current episode of the Knapsack Files. 43,000 followers. 20 interact with it. 
What am I getting out of it? It'll always be there. I'm not deleting it. But the conversation I had was around Christmas time into the new year with my friend. And he came back, he popped back up, he goes, oh, I pop back up a little bit, check things, yeah, maybe interact, and then I kind of remind myself why I left, and I go back off. He had a little level head about it. Because there's nothing, you know, that works less for me than someone who does a post, uh, I am out of here, F social media, and they grandstand. And they're like Bill Pullman and ID4, except for it's not an inspiring speech. It's why they're better for leaving, and then they're back. So I'm not going anywhere. But since this conversation and the release of Rise of Skywalker and my experience being a fan of Game of Thrones being severely affected by season eight, by the reaction to season eight, I love the season. You might not love the season. That's not the point. It, my old, it not, it's not just like my favorite show. Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire is something big for me. It's why I still do casterly talk. It's, it's like Star Wars. I, get, I learn from it. it it's lessons. It, it moves me. It inspires me and entertains me. And I couldn't feel that way because by the second or third episode of season eight, out of, out of only six, it just was just horrible to interact with it. So that was the first step for me. I muted every single word related to Game of Thrones. Even the word G-O-T, meaning the shortcut, the, the, the initials there for Game of Thrones, G-O-T, hashtag G-O-T. I didn't realize that. I'll see a, I'll see a tweet sometimes. I'll be like, it's it's muted because of, of, a, of a setting, and I'll click on it. And I'm like, there's nothing in here about Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, the word got, G-O-T, is on my list. I made a mistake, and you know, I haven't corrected it. So I finished out. It was still, I was still doing a show. I still had to get the word out about Casterly Talk. But my enjoyment for the last couple episodes was better. And again, you might not like Season 8 of Game of Thrones or Season 7 of Game of Thrones. You might not like any of it. That's not the point. You and I can sit in a room and I can approach you with a core of kindness and you can hopefully return it and we can live life. And I have some friends in my life. Eh, I don't really like the writing season eight. Okay, great, cool. Want a cup of coffee? We're going to live. We're going to survive. We're going to get together. But I don't think humans are meant to have this kind of, this much communication, this much open communication, this power to constantly have your opinion blasted to the world and you constantly have the ability to react to other opinions. And again, I'm not just talking about trolls. Because then Rise of Skywalker comes out, Star Wars Episode Nine. I love Star Wars. It's my job. It's part of my existence. It's part of my being. I love Rise of Skywalker. You might love it. You might hate it. Doesn't matter. It's not the point. The point is, I don't, I don't need to hear your opinion on it. I don't need it shoved in my face. I don't need it tweeted at me. I don't need it tagged at me. I don't need to be challenged by what I uh, love. I don't need to be challenged for loving it. And my industry drove me away. My industry drove me away. I came out of the first screening of uh, a press screening for Rise of Skywalker disgusted by the, 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 the behavior of, of the, a lot of the people I was seeing there. 
walk. They weren't even, the lights weren't even up and they were tweeting their hate, tweeting their scorn, putting that out into the world. So I backed off. I've muted people. I've curated my timelines. I've almost completely disengaged from Facebook. I have suddenly found myself not missing it. So it's a weird time to leave because in the last couple of weeks with the state of the world, the power of social media is clear. Again, I'm going to say that so you understand me. The power of social media to affect positive change is clear. I wouldn't change that for the world. But, man, I'm sorry. Our ability to spin ourselves out of control is at a level I've never really seen or experienced before, and I just had to step away. I had to step back. I had to push myself away from the table, say, look, I, I still need food. I'm going to come around and uh, I'll grab a bite. I'll grab just enough to keep me afloat. But I'm not going to sit at this table anymore. And that's where I'm at. I'm trying to find a way back in my own way. Uh, there's going to be a Morning Drive media account out. I still need to get the word out. Just right now. Just right now. I've never had a manager in my life in my Hollywood career. That's why my Hollywood career is so bad. But I am working with uh, one as a, a kind of a, a consultation basis right now, maybe trying to see if we can do some other things in my career. As I'm recording this, I got an email. Hey, I need your Instagram link. It's part of it. It's part of my business. It might not be part of your business. And I'm not suggesting... Cut your cord, run to the wilderness, live in a tent and find peace. Be nice to spiders. I am saying that, but I'm not su suggesting that here. I'm not preaching here. I'm just explaining. It's on my mind. The first week, last week, was when I finally, because I've been trying to do it on my own. Like, let me just not go to Twitter. Let me not get so angry. Let me not be filled with hate. Let me try to keep my core of kindness. Let me try so hard. I failed, I failed, I failed. Because that's how our brains work, right? That's why uh, the, the mice are experimenting on us, if you read Hitchhiker's Guide, Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy. You grab your phone, and you don't think about it. You open up Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you scroll and you scroll and you scroll. It'll be fine. Again, I have no problem with it. I'm following up on your life. You're following up on mine. I really do like Instagram. Post a cool picture. I, I, I like that one. But even then, I kind of had to step aside from it. Because what I find is, you start scrolling and scrolling, and now you see something you don't like, you see someone's opinion you don't like, and you don't leave it. And you go deeper, and you, 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 you go into the replies, and then you see other people's horrible replies, and you see people on the other side of the argument just as horrible, and you just see rage, and you just see anger, and you just see hate, and you see suffering, and it's like Yoda warned everybody. And you scroll, and you scroll, and you scroll, and you can't put it down. You can't put it down because your brain is clued into this. Your brain is trained to look at this every day and every night, and it's what you do, and I do it all the time. So I put the apps. I didn't remove them from my phone. Again, I have to be realistic. I also, I am in a position, some of you might not be in, but some of you might be who are out there. 
I'm in a position, I have to check my, you know, I do have some notifications up. Um, sorry, I scratched my mic there. Uh, I have some notifications up because, um, you know, I can be tagged in something I want to be tagged in. I want to know if someone's going after me. There was recently an ex-employee, a former uh, co-worker, I should say, uh, not an employee, a uh, fellow employee, co-worker of mine, who took it upon the, themselves to, to include me in a bunch of horrible tweets, which led to fans going after things that they have nothing, that they don't know 2% of the whole picture, but they feel they can do it, and they can tweet, and they can tag, and they can say horrible shit to me. So I have to be aware of that. But what I did is I moved all of the social media apps into one little folder. I titled it Rage Machine, and I moved it off the page. I'm not one of those super uh, um, um, organized people. My, my phone has uh, seven pages of apps. I maybe use one page total of it. But I am one of the – and I know there's people like me who probably have – or are people who aren't like me who have a bunch of the little subfolders and there's two pages, but you have social and you have maps and you have, I have some of those. I have travel. I have entertainment for like Disney plus Netflix, everything. I have a sports one. I have those, but most of the time, all my apps are um, things I put in places and I remember where they are. So if I want to open up, uh, say the Amazon app and order a sundress, I know I go to the third page in the bottom right corner. That's what I know. And I'm, I'm my brain. It's like, it's like, it's like when you learn to type, Learning to type on a keyboard, or I was old enough to be in high school and actually have to take typing classes on a typewriter. It's a magical thing. You're training your brain to remember where things are without looking. It's pretty, it's like, I feel like Travolta and Phenomenon. That's what learning to type was for me. So my apps on my phone are like that. So I simply didn't have to remove the apps from my phone. I just had to move them. And the simple act of moving the social media apps into another folder, titling it Rage Machine, just so I can be reminded if I click on it. Just a simple act of moving it is all but erased it from my life. Every Sunday, if you have an iPhone, we all get those little reports, right? Screen time alert. Here's your phone to rub it in. Now, the lockdown's going to, you know, you know, we kind of, some people experience numbers, uh, jump at 20% more screen time use. Your screen time use is up 38%. I've had those days. I've had uh, your screen time is down 11%. I've, you know, like a 22% week, uh, but I was busy that week. So uh, Sunday, I got my first uh, screen time report from uh, the week of moving my social media apps to a different spot. My screen time use was down 70%. It was actually like 68, 69%. 70% less time spent staring at my phone. Less time spent getting mad at people. People I love and respect, by the way. Again, it, it, it's too easy to, to write off social media's bad side because of ah, trolls. And it, believe me, they're horrible. Uh, my core of kindness is tested. But again, it's what you give back, right? It's also what you put into it. 70% less of me just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, 2% of it might be useful. 3% might be real wonderful interactions that I want to find ways to maintain. And I've been fortunate to maintain some of it through my Discord, which is connected to my Patreon page and all those kind of things. And also just texting more friends and dropping in and checking on friends. It's something that people have been talking about for years. And we all have these conversations. Eh, social media will be the death of us. I think we might be there. 
because I think it helps kill empathy and compassion. And I do believe it affects our ability to communicate on one-on-one levels. One thing I've said, this is, this is not preachy because I fail at it all the time. I tried a couple years ago consciously to if I had, if I got into a situation where I was waiting, waiting room, doctor's office, waiting in line at a store, whatever it is, waiting for a ride, a, a lift to show up, I consciously have tried to not go for the phone. Because on one hand, it's this godsend. Now, look, if you're stuck, I don't know, if you're at a laundromat and and you got two hours of clothes to do, yeah, fire up your phone and watch some uh, Disney Plus kid, uh, kids. I recommend uh, A Dog's Life with Bill Farmer, all right? But that instinct to be like, all right, I got three minutes to wait until, you know, the oil change is done. I'm going to scroll. I'm going to look and scroll. That's where we're losing the ability to be with ourselves. And I, I don't have those answers. I'm not sitting here. I'm not the, the man in the high castle looking down. Well, that was a show, but nah, we don't care. That's a bad reference. Um, you know, I'm not the naturalist out in the wilderness surviving off of berries telling you cut all ties. No, I'm not. I love it. I love it. I'm on a podcast right now. I'm a, Digital media is the only reason I have any money coming in. And social media is the one thing I have to trumpet that to the world. But I never have had a week like I had last week. And again, I'm still, I'm still plugged in because there seems to be this, if you're not on it and you're not tweeting, you're not tweeting the hashtags and you're not tweeting the pictures and you're not, did it, did it, you're not doing it, you're not connected. And I think that's bullshit. And it's not fair. Zach Galifianakis is uh, not on Twitter. Have you checked in with him and what he thinks and what he's doing? No, because you don't see him. His career doesn't need it, but he believes. I've heard in interviews. He's really like, no, this is part of the downfall. It's not the thing. It's what we're doing with it. I believe in the power of social media, but I also believe sometimes when you have that power, you're using it all wrong. So I've left it. I've left it. I'm on it. You can tag me. You can find me, and I encourage you still to. Because I will find the balance. I will find my way back to it to still have to, hey, handle my business. I got to tell the world about my podcast. I want more people listening because that helps put food on my table. That's the reality. This is my job now. I also want, hey, look, I, you know, I spent, because I was very productive last week, 70% more time on my hands to do things good. I wrote and produced a 17-minute uh, documentary parody piece. Uh, more bits on Saturday Night Napsuck. Uh, did some more stuff with uh, some writing stuff. Getting uh, ready to, to, to pitch this, uh, uh, this documentary with, uh, with another company. Or, you know, you work out more. <laughs> or you go for a walk. Or you talk with your partner. Or, you know... I, you know, if you and your, you know, partner at the end of a long day are in bed and you're both scrolling on your phone, I don't think that's inherently bad. I don't. There's also something to be said about relaxing and just watching stupid pet videos or playing a game. I'm addicted to this game now called Pocket City, which is like they basically took SimCity 2000, the great city simulation game from the mid 90s, and just updated it for a phone app. Simple and direct. Playing that like crazy. I'm sure my screen time will be up a little bit this week. 
but I was so productive last week. And I wasn't uninformed, and I think sometimes we're hold on, we hold on to that. Well, if I'm not on Twitter, I don't see what's going on in the world. No, 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 there's apps for that. The technology is good. It's what we do with it. I felt better last week. I felt more connected. I felt more focused on where I want to go with my energies. And then I felt more creatively focused. Just felt better. It might not always be that. I am not standing on the mountain, breaking the Ten Commandment tablets going, this, it's all changing. No, no, no. And I'm not suggesting either any of you do this. But I think all of you, a lot of you, are feeling what I was feeling. And I'm not just talking about the big hot-button issues of the day. I'm not just talking about that or the latest movie. I'm just talking about in general. In general, just plugging in and interacting with that rage machine. And that's where I'm at. And that's what I've done. I'll find a way back. I'll find a way to get the word out. I'm still there, and I'm not going away. I'm not even going to deactivate the account. I actually kind of like that I have it there, but I don't even reach for it anymore. It's amazing how your brain can be wired so fast to that stuff. You see this with people, uh, you know, who cut out sugar, something I, you know, definitely should try to do. I've um, adapted to a lot of, um, of vegetarian and vegan uh, food choices lately. Don't worry, I'm not going to do a whole podcast on being vegan, but I bring it up because it's very different for me. It's something I didn't think I could do. It wasn't that I was looking down on vegans. Uh, that, that's stigmas other than, you know, the ones that mention that and CrossFit a lot. Yeah, I get that. I get those jokes. I get those jokes. But I've never, like, I get the benefits the the stereotype of a you know a weenie armed 110 pound vegetarian are were always bunk and are completely bunk. You know, I have a friend who's a bodybuilder who's been vegan and he's been bigger and stronger than he ever was. A lot of professional wrestlers are vegan now. But the point is for me, it is pretty amazing how the hardwiring um, can change. It really can, and it did me, both in how I ate and what I was putting into my brain. We'll see where that can go. I'm not worried about, quote, how long it will last. Because going back to the stuff I was talking about at the beginning of the show, some of the best ways to move forward, to take the momentum of insights and things and, and passions that have been ignited in you about the world at large, the best ways to move forward with them are to acknowledge that the fires will burn. And that you'll settle back down to where you want to be because it's where also where you need to be and it will feel right. The wiring will be there. All I had to do was move my apps over a couple of pages so that my thumb doesn't automatically go to it. And I had 70% more time on my hands. All I had to do was not order the steak one night and then the next night. And the third night, you just do it without thinking. We are wired in, but I, I believe we can rewire who we are. And that goes into a bunch of areas. 
It takes compassion, empathy, listening, and it's 360 degrees of that. Thank you. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. I feel good about that. You can go to KenNapsock.com if you want to reach out to me or see all the other things I'm doing. Yeah, my book, Why We Love Star Wars, is out there. I'm pretty proud of it. Pretty proud of it. That's why I talk about it. But also on that page, you'll find uh, the Charity Spotlight tab. I want you to go to that. Click it. I need to add more. I'm behind. I have a list of things to add, but there's some great things on there, including right now Maddie's Pride Project. It's from me, uh, or I'm backing it. It's not from me. Let me correct that. I'm backing it. It's from my cousin and her daughter, my cousin Michelle, who I reconnected with years ago on MySpace. And we've been close ever since, in communication ever since. So I do love social media. She's got a great thing with her daughter, Maddie, Maddie's Pride Project. They're selling original uh, and uh, um, uh, uh, specific uh, 3D printed theme park ears. And $10 of every purchase directly goes to support the Trevor Project. All the information's on their website, Vegas3Dkids.com. But go to KenAppsack.com in the charity tab and learn more. And there's other things on there as well you can get behind. I do believe that's important, too. There's a lot out there and a lot of people that need you. Just look around. As always, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash catnapsuck if you so choose. But I always say the best support is just listening. Maybe spreading the word in your own way. And helping me talk more about what kind of peanut butters that I like or don't like. We'll see you next time here on the Knapsack Files. Knapsack Files.